Welcome to the Finding Neverland podcast. We are Finding Neverland, a metalcore band that loves Jesus Christ, and we are here to stand firm in our calling of following, learning from, and loving the one we call Yahweh. Whether you're a fan of Finding Neverland music or just curious to learn more, we hope this episode has blessed you as much as it has blessed us. You can join us live every Friday night on our Facebook page. We hope to see you there. Y'all hear me? Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, you got the professional mic going. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know. It's always better that That's way. Cool. <laughs> it's it took a while to put together this setup, so That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, we piece by piece, you know. I mean it looks good. Thanks. Yeah. So I got this I got this setup over here. I actually have a second chair if first you know, in case I ever had somebody else here. And then I have the bar set up over there where we do like all our teaching videos and stuff like that. So amazing. Wow. Nice. So cool. It's amazing yeah. what you could do in a basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to uh, start us off. Um, I guess I'll introduce, uh, this is Luke Weaver. This is our uh, guitar player in Finding Neverland. Um, Carl, so I wanted man? to introduce him to, to you. Um, nice to meet you, Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So uh, to everybody listening, uh, thanks for joining us. This is, uh, we are so blessed to have Carl Thomas here with us. Um, he is the founder of Live Free Ministries. And uh, you, were, you formerly worked for Triple X Church. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's this, I formerly worked for him and now we now triple x church is part of us so oh okay cool yeah so you guys yeah, like merged nice. together yeah yeah we acquired them but however you want to put it yeah oh okay i got you yeah right, cool. right. yeah so we're, we're just like really excited to have you on here um we kind of just wanted to i don't know have a it's kind of a impromptu discussion or whatever whatever um you want to talk about i thought maybe carl you could share your story a little bit um or maybe sure. where you come your where you come from and we can kind of start from there and well, right now all, all i want to talk about is the fact that my brackets busted oh mine so. too oh my god <laughs> did you just see uh, alabama just lost did they oh my god. well i picked houston she young. i picked Houston's, houston so houston's down by 10 points with oh like, my gosh yeah yeah so they're the last number one seat so they might be gone too <laughs> i think i i kind of stopped yeah, following I after i saw purdue lose and oh i was just gosh. like yep i was just like man this this is done like i had purdue going to the final happening. four that's that's not happening <laughs> yeah no, right. i had them I've, in the final right. I've, I've never seen a tournament like this in my life it's crazy yeah that's really cool yeah um that's cool. I, uh, I forget you're a sports fan i uh so am i so yeah you know yeah. yeah die hard um who's your do you have a college team uh no i'm more i like pro football pro basketball okay baseball not a fan of hockey and uh college it's like you know with basketball it's really just a field of 64 then i get into it but other than that not really 
yeah you know uh, technically i guess you'd say i'm a beavers fan but that's a long story not because i went there we have a we have a guy who works with our ministry uh who is the chaplain there and um a couple players like professional players used to go there so we're just you know so i guess i'm a beavers fan but whatever all right yeah i've been uh i've been excited about college basketball because i was at cu and they went to the tournament a couple times but they always just like seem to fall apart like right at the end or of the season and you're just always like waiting for them to have like a good year and make it deep in the tournament it just never happens so yeah. hopefully yeah. things will be will turn around <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you philadelphia like rocket so, yeah yeah philly Super Bowl uh, wasn't great for you no <laughs> no i mean it was it was great getting was there great yeah it was great getting there but mm-hmm. nah, the results weren't exactly what we had hoped for but no i, right, I was right. like, i'm diehard broncos so i hate the chiefs and yeah, we're just sick of them. Um, I know. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah, I'm Brockman fans, man. I feel bad for you guys right now. Hopefully, Russell can put it together because, ooh, I feel yeah. bad for us a lot. Don't want to talk oh, about you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe this year. Maybe this year. Yeah, I'm excited with Sean Payton, new head coach. Um, yeah, yeah, that should be pretty cool. But yeah, that's got to get better. I think it's got to. I mean. There's only way you can only go up. That's true. Yeah. It can only get better. It can only get better. Yeah. It's been right. I mean, this is the worst stretch for the Broncos in their history. Uh, yeah. Since winning the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. That's what it seemed terrible. Like. Cool. So, did you grow up in Philadelphia? Uh, I grew up in Jersey area. So, right. yeah, I've been here all my life. Um, okay. Probably gonna, I don't plan on dying here, but. Um, probably going to be here the plan the master plan not that who knows you know but the master plan is my wife i think retire she's eligible to retire in 10 years uh from teaching because she started young and we just got to do that because once she hits a certain age and you know hits a certain thing then she qualifies for the health insurance and the pension and all that crap you know Um, right so we got we kind of got to ride that out because if if we gave up on that now, it'd be a, that'd be a major hit, you know? know. Um, but yeah. then after that, you know, I can work anywhere. I mean, I can work from the beach. I can work from Starbucks. So, you know, amazing, once right. she's retired by then, the kids will probably be out of the house. And then our goal hopefully is to move somewhere down South by the shore, but we'll see. East like, coast. Uh, like Florida. Something like uh, that. I don't know if I want to yeah. be a, a, a typical, you know, yeah. <laughs> retired senior citizen of florida but you never know <laughs> right, maybe yeah. i mean but no i mean like carolinas yeah, yeah. georgia they oh, got they got some nice islands and you know real estate's a little better there too than florida so you know we'll see what happens but that's the yeah, goal totally. that's the goal i i don't i don't want to be in jersey you know until i die to be honest yeah right <laughs> the I've politics never been suck cool. here man oh i bet ah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's not good yeah it's not much yeah. better dude <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i would imagine yeah yeah uh yeah, so how did you it. how did you did you how did you get involved in in triple x church oh man that's a that's a story um yeah so i mean yeah i struggled with pornography all my pretty much you know all my teenage 
adult life. Um, got married, still struggle with it. Heard about Triple X Church one time from a pastor at the church I was going to. Like he brought it up as saying, "Hey, look at this." They it, like they thought it was a joke. Uh, never really thought anything about it. <laughs> and then the founder of uh, Fireproof. They would say the founder of Triple H Church, but Fireproof Ministries was actually the nonprofit that ran it. Uh, the mm -hmm. founder came on the radio uh, of a local DJ kind of shock jock type, you know, and mm -hmm. um, and he he did he handled himself really well. And I was like, wow, you know, it's kind of cool hearing a Christian pastor end up on this show, and they they got to show him respect because he handled himself well. And I've always been that guy. Uh, when it came to matters of faith that I like to walk on the outside, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't like to be in the box. Right. So yeah. I like their approach, uh, read a couple books, became like kind of a follower fan of what they were doing at the time, which was a lot of outreach uh, to like sex and porn shows. And, um, I thought mm -hmm. that was super cool. Meanwhile, again, I'm still struggling with porn. I never hit them up for any of their, actual recovery resources but i love i love what they were doing on the missional side um and then mm -hmm. got uh i actually ended up going to an outreach uh that's that's a long story but it was a god thing like the guy that i went with the church as part of a church team the pastor uh, who who at the time became a friend of mine he kind of knew my deal but i guess he thought i was past it and i wasn't and um but yeah. you know i went i went to the show had a really meaningful conversation with something kind of flipped the switch for me like in terms of just my uh perspective on things and um yeah and then you know i don't know it just it got a lot easier to say no and then um one thing led to another you know one one week turns into one month turns into three months turns into six months turns into wow. a year Meanwhile, I'm going to Liberty University uh, to get a master's uh, in theology because I felt like God was calling me to do something in ministry, but I didn't quite know what. Yeah. Uh, Still, mm -hmm. me, I thought I was going to be a pastor at some local church, but that never would have worked out. I would have got fired shortly. Uh, so, <laughs> for sure, dude. But. <laughs> Anyway, you know, going to Liberty and then I came up with this. I was like, you know, I saw Liberty did uh, in their master's program. They did independent studies. And I was like, oh, I, I think I can sell this. So I called, he, he doesn't work for him anymore, but I called one of the guys from Fireproof who was like a higher up that I had met at the show. And I said, hey, you remember me? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, listen, I got this deal. I'm going to master's in theology. I'd love to come out and like, kind of just hang out, learn from you guys, serve with you guys, whatever. And yeah, you know, see if I can get that run by the uh, school as an independent study. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he, and then he, he said, Oh, you, perfect timing. You should come out in May. We're going to be out in Vegas for the week. And uh, we have a couple different things we're doing like outreach. We're doing a training. That'd be a good time to hit it up. So I contacted. Vegas, that's my, ironic. <laughs> yeah yeah so i contacted nah, my yeah. evangelism professor who was super cool guy uh this guy named dave wheeler uh, from liberty and i sold him on the idea i was like hey listen go out there independent study it's it's you know because he's all about he was always all about going places where no one would go to try to you know spread the gospel and so he loved it 
I was like, I can't believe this, you know? So he, he ended up selling it to the Dean and they signed off on it. So, you know, I went to Vegas Amazing. for credits. <laughs> um, it was awesome. So I was there for a week, connected with them even more so at that point, And then, um, ended up doing outreaches, like kind of being their contact point for outreaches in Jersey for a while, just volunteer basis. Then they came out with this small group program idea and they just had one group and they had like a few beta groups, but they all folded. They had one group with five dudes and uh, he's, they called me up and they said, Hey, listen, do you want to try to run this thing for us part-time? You know, we'll, you know, we'll pay you like 500 a month and see what you can do with it. And I said, wow. sure. You know, I was yeah. still in the insurance business. So I was like, sure. Why not? Okay. Um, jumped on that, you know, that turned from one group to five dudes to within a year, we were up to, I don't know, 15 groups, 300 people. Um, Damn. and, uh, then I left the insurance <laughs> business and I was still working for them part-time. And then out of nowhere comes this full-time job offer. I said, Hey, you want to work for us full-time? I said, sure. So go to work for them full time, you know, it's all remote work. Um, and that's, that's how I got hooked up there. And then, then after that, it's like just a crazy story. Cause I worked there for, I want to say six or seven years, uh, quit. Cause the, the work culture, like there was just some serious issues, like with the work culture, yeah. um, a lot of yeah. toxicity. And so I was like, yeah, I'm done, dude. I can't do this no more. And so I right. went into marketing, you know, working for a parkour gym. I was a marketing, the marketing was a CMO for a, for a parkour, local parkour gym. And then I was doing some freelancing, still doing some side work for, for fireproof slash triple X church, uh, you know, pay like piecemeal stuff. And then the guy that was above me, who was a big part of the issue, he gets fired for some, for some stuff. We'll just put it that way. And then, yeah. uh, and Craig calls me up and says, Hey, you want to, would you come think about coming back to work for us? You know, and now you're running it. I said, so, uh, let me pray about it. Talk to my wife. We, for some reason, even though we thought, Oh man, this is kind of a sticky situation. Cause I just left that place because the, the culture was so bad. Yeah. But right. now I'm going to be running it. So I said, all right, you know, sure. You know, we'll do it. We prayed about it and met with uh, Craig and his wife and, then that went great for a couple of years. Um, and then I could tell Craig was kind of like just losing interest in things. He was uh, doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then I approached him about, Hey, would you, would you consider, I asked him what his plan was with triple X church. He said, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I said, come on, man, you're a smart guy. You got to have a plan. And yeah. uh, he said, well, you know, maybe, I could leave, let you like actually run the whole thing. I mean, I would still be an employee. He would still be the CEO of the, of the, of the nonprofit, but I would not just run a day to day, but run everything. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm down. Right. So that was the plan. That plan only lasted two months because over the next two months, it became evidently clear that it wasn't going to work out uh, a lot of friction between him and me with a bunch of stuff. That right around that time is when he decided to launch some new venture called Christian Cannabis. We won't even get into that. Um, wow. <laughs> That's a long dude, story, huh? Dude, you have no idea. So then wow. that created more friction. He knew yeah. I wasn't down with that. You know, I'm like, hey, look, you can do what you want on, on, on your own, but that ain't my thing. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that got under his skin. So then he tells me, 
that God spoke to him in the shower and, um, you know, I guess it was God, but uh, that he was supposed to pass the ministry, pass the torch to this other couple. Uh, one was a pastor and, and a former porn star who came to know Jesus. In Brittany. Oh, yeah. And uh, and that was the thing. And he's like, hey, do you want to, you know, I'm sure there's still a place for you. And I was like, bro, I'm out. Peace. You know, um, right. I was already working on things behind the scenes because I just had a feeling it was going to come to a head. And so I had like this backup plan because uh, I had thought about this app, right? Like launching a community app. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, listen, if, if things work out, I'll launch it with Triple X Church. If things don't work out, I'll launch it solo. So things didn't what work out. What year is this, by the way? That was 2019. Um, okay. And then, uh, yeah, so, and then when, when I left there, we made a deal for me to acquire the small groups program that I had built because, to be honest, he didn't want anything to do with it. And the, the new couple, they didn't know anything about running it. I was the one who knew everything about it. Mm -hmm. So we made a deal yeah. for me to acquire it. Launched the new nonprofit, acquired a small groups program. I mean, there was a there was a cost to that. Launched the app, started building things. A year later, we launched a community for spouses, same sort of thing. And then the year after right. that, I saw Triple H Church is dying on the vine, man. Like they hadn't put out a new blog in like seven months. Craig was MIA. He was doing his own thing. And again, I'll just let that mm -hmm. one go where it is. And uh yeah. The, the the couple they were they were pretty much piecing out and starting their own thing because it wasn't working out with them either and so i hit mm -hmm. them up you know I, I had this like uh you know thoughts were, i was like one night it just thought came you should text craig and see if he'll let you buy triple x church it's like come on man that's bad pizza you know that, that ain't happening yeah um and the, the thought kept persisting and mind you like i, I don't know what your audience is like but you know, if I say something you don't like, just tell me, but like, this is a guy who like three or four months broken. earlier, be, three or four months later, earlier, because of like a contractual thing that he wasn't holding up. I'm like emailing him about it. He's calling me a dick. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't really know if this guy's going to sell the ministry to this, to this dick from Jersey, but yeah, right. dude, I texted him. I'm like, what the hell? Right. So I text him I'm like, yo, would you consider, he calls me that night. He's like, let's talk. Uh, huh. And so we talk about it. And a month later, we're signing papers. And then, boom, now Triple X Church is ours. So now it's live free, small groups online, Triple X Church. It's all under our ministry. And, you know, yeah, rest nice. is history, man. So I told you it was a long story, bro. Yeah, that's a good, no, that's a good, that's a good story, though. Amazing. It's a, well, it's a lot of up and down, man. A lot of up and down. I'm uh, sure. I just never knew what was going to happen. Uh, you know, now looking back, a lot of stuff makes sense, but back then a lot of it never made sense. I was like, this is crazy. In fact, and I don't, you know, I'm only going off of what I heard, you know, from somebody who's reliable, but what I was told, this is how, like, this is the cool thing about how God works sometimes is, um, apparently he was in talks, Craig was in talks with another person, entity, whatever, who was willing to, you know, pay him like, I think they were like a for-profit though, right? Like they were going to okay. buy the assets. So yeah. a nonprofit yeah. can't sell and like can't sell itself. Um, you know, if it's folding, oh. but
But if it's staying in business, it can sell assets because the assumption is it's still going to maintain its work. And so yeah, he wasn't right. technically folding the nonprofit, even though Fireproof's not really doing anything. It's still in existence. So he could sell the, or Fireproof could sell the assets to a, to a for-profit company. And so this for-profit entity was going to buy it for a pretty good coin, like a lot more than I was offering. And yeah. um, he still went with us. So that tells you, you know, I'm like, okay. oh. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's pretty cool, man. But when I, when I think about it, my head spins, cause I'm like so many things like this is crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, a lot of opportunities to give up on it. huh? Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's just also, I mean, I just actually, I was just thinking about this tonight. I remember three months or four months before I actually left the second time. I remember Craig calls me up, you know, and he's or messages me and he's, Hey, do you think we should shut, should shut down the small groups program? Is that really worthwhile? Is that really doing anything? Uh, and I guess he meant from like kind of a revenue ROI perspective. Uh, and I, I mean, and I, I was like, dude, I, it, it's not losing money. And even if it was like, this is a great program. Like this is, you know, so it's crazy. Like that was a program that they were entertaining on shutting down and Honestly, it's like probably the best thing we do. I mean, the app's great, but the small group program is, uh, our hope is honestly, when guys sign up for the app, eventually they sign up for a small group. I mean, it's not a marketing ploy. It's just, I know they'll get a lot more traction in a face-to-face -face small group. Yeah. Um, but you know, right. they just stay in the app and they, and they, they make connections there then, then great. Like, I don't really care. I just, I just want people building connections and making relationships. That's all I care about. That's awesome. That's good. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how people could just change course of what they're doing. Um, yeah. That's what I hear with your story is, is you've seemed like you've kind of, you know, try to stay steadfast with your, you know, with your family and, and, and your faith. Um, but we've seen a lot of people like me and Luke have also just like, man, they're all for God. And then all of a sudden, like maybe something just completely changes our mind. And you're just like, what will happen? with this person or what, or how did yeah. the train get off the tracks, right. I guess. Yeah. And like, just, you know, to clarify, I'm not ripping any, but I'm just telling you what happened, but yeah, Craig's obviously Craig's pursuing his own thing. It's not my thing. Um, yeah. but whatever he's doing is between him and God and whatever, however his faith has developed or undeveloped or whatever you want to call it. That's also between him and God. So, mm -hmm. But you right, know, I right. just know what my I know what my job is, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't plan on changing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so now you have this app called yeah. Live Free, um, and I was on there today, um, and it was really cool. You asked a question that I, I saw you. Was, I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that I thought was <laughs> that I'm so passionate about, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, so, if anybody anybody listening, there's a uh, app. It's a community, right, Carl? That's yeah. Um, uh, it's a community of men. Yeah, men's ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, today, you were asked. You asked the question: What labels have you allowed yourself to be defined by? Yeah. And how has that affected your identity? Um, and I was just like, oh man, I could talk about this for hours. Like I, I wrote a, mm -hmm. I wrote a. Uh, like a sermon song on identity because it's something that I struggle with just all the time. And especially I was thinking, especially with when we had a sin that we struggled with 
or a sin that we currently struggle with. We wrap yeah. that as our identity. And mm-hmm. um, I was just, I just thought, I love that question because one of the, you know, my identity was wrapped up in I'm an alcoholic. I used to drink. And then, you know, once I was recovered, I'm like, okay, my identity is now I'm a recovered alcoholic. Like that, yeah. that's who I am now. And, yeah. um, and I still was feeling like miserable, like with myself. And, um, so that was, that was just one of the things that I wanted to would talk about is this, uh, as like a porn addiction. Um, you can, the, the shame and the guilt can kind of be wrapped on as your identity. Right. And, yeah, um, yeah. And then even when you recover, um, it's hard to not just look at that as like your identity was a porn addict. Um, you know, I believe that we can move forward in Christ in a, in a newness of life. And so um, we can, you know, shed that identity of I was an addict. This is my purpose now. Um, and we can kind of move forward from it. And that was something that I struggled with with alcohol. So I kind of wanted to ask your thoughts on what you think of that yeah i mean addict is like one of them really charged words uh yeah i wrote i included that post i don't know if you saw but i included an excerpt from my book about that um and uh you know yeah I, there's it's, it's in one of the chapters where i talk about i think this section the subsection of that book is called uh i think it's like labels labels are good for t-shirts maybe i don't remember but okay. um but yeah, like it's just this. Oh wait, a minute, what happened to my camera? Hold on one second. I don't bro. know. We lost it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know what? It is, I messed up. Hold on one second. We can still hear you. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's, it's the audio is fine. It's just the camera needs to come back online because there we go. There we go. Oh, here it is. It's a stupid right Canon, like this. So it has a thirty-minute timer, <laughs> and there's a there's a way to work around it, but I forgot to turn it on. So anyway, I got right, another thirty right. minutes before it blacks out, but we'll be done by All then. Right. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah. So label like addict is a very charged word, but um, and so some guys don't want to use it because they don't want to identify, quote unquote, as an addict, and then yeah. some people. Yeah take that word on but then like you said they they make it part of their identity you know i'm a recovering addict i'm i'm this i'm that and uh, all i said is you know addict really is just it's it's just a it's it's honestly a clinical terminology i mean it just describes the person's state at the time right like they're right. they're dependent upon a substance and they can't break free of it uh i mean it's obviously more it's more technical than that but yeah but it's just right. it's just what you are at the time, but it's not who you are, you know, like uh I'm a I'm a pastor. That's what I am. That's not who I am. Uh yeah. you know, even still, I mean the reality is I'm a dad, you know, and that's a little hits a little closer home. But the truth is that's what I am. That's not who I am, you know. Um and uh I think we get hung up on this stuff and yeah, we we take these I see it happen in ministry a lot, you know. Uh I think it's one of the reasons why I think it's it's so hard for a lot of pastors to actually seek help for this stuff because there's a lot of them that struggle. Um and I also think that's a lot of reasons why so many of them avoid the topic in their church to begin with, because yeah. of the you know, the hypocrisy they feel. Um mm-hmm. but you know, it's I mean, I'm not saying all pastors, just trust me, I'm a bashing on pastors, but I think a lot of pastors, it's so much of their identity is wrapped up in the, uh, in the work. Like, oh, if I'm yeah. not a pastor, what am I? 
And, uh, you know, and I think that scares the crap out of them, you know? So it's like, I can't give up, I can't give up my leadership because of, if I'm not leading the church for God, like I'm a loser, you know? And, um, and that's just not the case. You know, I, I, I remember when I left the ministry the first time, like I had gotten it, I left the 17 year career in the insurance business. Um, you know, I ran an insurance agency and everything. And I was convinced, all right, ministry is my, my jam. That's, that's where God's calling me, uh, you know, pay cut and all. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then here I am quitting willfully and I'm going to, I'm going like doing marketing interviews at like law firms and things like that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a marketing guy. And you know, but it didn't bother me. You know, I was like, you know, it's, it's okay. I can serve God in any capacity. And so even with the, uh, with the parkour gym, for instance, like there was a lot of young guys that were like coaches there and stuff. And I just said, Hey, you know, if I have an opportunity to work with some of the guys here, it, it didn't really work out. But when I had my opportunities, I tried to recommend a book or, you know, whatever. And it was just, serve God anywhere. I don't need to be a quote unquote pastor in Christian ministry to serve God. I can, I can do it in any profession, you know? Um, yeah. so it's just, I think, uh, yeah, identity is huge. It's, it's honestly the really, it's the root cause I'd say, or a lack of identity or a fraud, fragile identity is really that's at the end of the day, that's one of the, that's the, the, the core issue in some regards, not, not in all regards, but it's one of the core issues. Why why guys and girls, you know, go to things like porn and drugs and sex in the first place, or, you know, alcohol in the first place, you know, they have a, yeah. they have a really fragile identity. Um, it's, it's based on the wrong things. So. Yeah. Did, um, and you could uh, answer however you want. Um, but when you were like working in ministry, were you struggling with porn? Did you ever have no. like, Okay. Did you, have you seen people that are just like frustrated with, cause there's, there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, they're trying, they're working in ministry or they're trying to get right with God and they just are frustrated by this constant, like, I hate this part about me. I'm watching yep. porn. I hate this about myself. Like, but I can't yep. seem to stop. Um, yeah. I run, like it, guilt. run into it yeah. all the time. I mean, we, yeah. lead, we, uh, we have, group specifically for pastors i lead a pastor's group and uh, the Mm -hmm. guys in that group are awesome and um you know and i've heard i've heard there's like it's like i don't know how true this is but there's it's a high number of pastors struggle with pornography today yeah i mean who knows what the real number is i mean some people Uh say 30 percent, some pay 40 percent. i don't know you know i've heard like 60 but who knows yeah i don't think it's that high but it's 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 a higher number than we probably want to give it credit for to put it that way yeah um yeah. But you know, and I I've I've I don't want to say I've come around, but I've um I've had I've my thoughts have changed a little bit on that. I mean, I think if you're if you're a person in ministry, especially in a leadership position, um, and your life is blowing up because of porn or anything, it's a, it could be compulsive spending. If your life is blowing up, you shouldn't be in ministry. Not because you're a bad person you're a bad candidate or a bad person, but because uh, you're, I think God's primary concern is your health. You know, like he wants you to be, he wants you to be good, you know, Uh, and how are you going to self care? You know, if all you do is spend your time trying to care for others and ministry puts a lot of strain on people. Um, It's, I mean, the reality is uh, 
if you, when you're especially a pastor, you know, and, and so many people in church are looking at you, there's so much conditional acceptance and love and approval that you run into on a daily basis that, you know, if you do something the wrong way, you have people leave. If you look, if you say the wrong thing, you get a bad email. And like those things are all huge triggers, you know, for somebody, right. Cause it's just the emotional um, fallout of, 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 of just knowing that if you take one wrong step, half your congregation might walk out the door. Like that's yeah. huge, right? Yeah. You yeah. gotta be really stable and really solid in terms of who you are and what you're doing. I think to be able to handle that type of stress, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, I, I have guys in my group, pastors in my group, and the majority of them are all, I mean, they're doing really well. Some of them still have a struggle here and there, but um, you know, I wouldn't tell any of them be like, Oh, you should hang it up. Like, because they're seeking God. Um, they are living with integrity. Like they're being honest about everything. Um, they're, they're working on themselves, you know, they're, they understand their work in progress They're you know, so, but yeah, it's, it's a common thing in ministry. And, uh, and unfortunately I think, like I said, because some people are so hung up on being in ministry, once they get there, they have a hard time thinking about the idea of like maybe setting it aside for a period of time while they get their shit together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I get to, and that's and that's really the answer to it. Uh, the this the mo, the really simple, but also not simple to the world, at least to most people. Uh, the answer is uh, seeking God. Um, and uh, you, you know, it's a shame that the church is a little standoffish about uh, these topics of the uh, lust and just what it can do to your soul, your mind. You know, um, just the way you perceive things and think about yourself. Do you have any light you could shed on uh, why it's a problem? Because that's another thing, the world especially is kind of accepted that it's a part of our culture. And um, they've, they go so far as to say, well, I'm not addicted to it. I can not watch it if I don't want to. And this and this and this. And in a way I, I think about it in terms of alcohol, because I've struggled with that in, in my life. Um, you know, one could drink alcohol and still not be a slave to it. Is is that possible with pornography, or is it your master? In, in uh, no matter what, you know, is like that's what the so world for, wants to kind of seep its way into. You know, uh, that trying to I, consecrate yourself. Anything can be too much, right? I mean, anything can become unhealthy. Um, like I like a beer. I'm not gonna lie, I like wine. Uh, I don't drink every mm -hmm. day. I don't, I don't drink in excess, but I, I like, I, I like a beer. Um, you know, I don't think, I mean, Jesus, you know, contrary to what my parents might have said when I was growing up, Jesus turned water into wine. He didn't turn into grape juice. I'm sorry. That's just not right. the case. Uh, it was <laughs> wine people yeah. for sure. Especially if you understood were... the, the Jewish culture, like oh, uh, yeah. when they came up and they said the, 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 uh, what was it? The, the head of the banquet that basically the, the, the mater D, you know, at the time says, Hey, you normally people bring out the good wine and then serve the cheap stuff. Uh, right. But you brought out the cheap stuff and that, and you saved the best for last. Like no one would say that about yeah. grape juice. Like basically what you're saying is right. most smart people serve the good wine. And when everybody's blitzed off their ass, that's right. when they serve the cheap stuff. That's what he was saying. Right. That's so, what it is. Yeah. It was wine folks, but regardless, 
Um, pornography right, right. is it's a it's a unique one in and of itself. And um, I'd say if you're not a believer or put it this way, if, you know, it a lot of it's going to come down to your worldview, right? If you view sex as just you know something to do right it's it, it's a physical act that feels good and you can do it with this person you can do it with that person whatever whatever then you're not going to see pornography as an issue if you just indiscriminately use it here and there right but you know even right. most people that aren't christians will say oh yeah if you're looking at porn and jacking off every day that's a problem most people not everybody um yeah but if you have a worldview that especially that is supposed to line up with 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 the bible um and you understand the purpose of sex, which is not to give us an orgasm, that's that's a side benefit, but to bring mm -hmm. us together in a, in a uniquely intimate way with our with our spouse, then any porn is a problem because you're 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 basically ruining what God intended sex to be, right? So a lot mm -hmm. of that's based on worldview. So yeah, I'd say that's the unique thing. Uh, in terms of being a believer, at least like any porn is too much porn simply because again, yeah. it violates, you know, that, that marriage concept that got that, you know, what God gave, why God gave us sex, right. He didn't, he didn't give us sex just to give us a good time. He said, Hey, I need to, you know, here's a way for you and your spouse to unite in a, in a unique way. And by the way, it feels pretty good. Right. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, great answer. Um, I I just kind of look at it as, um, and I've struggled with pornography, like not consistently, but like, um, you know, I noticed like with pornography, it's more uh, it's more about how I'm feeling, um, you know, mentally than than just wanting to have like a sexual release or anything. And so that's when I've started to I've started to realize like the more I. Uh, the more I follow Jesus and search uh, for God, the more the desire to want to watch porn just starts to to go away. Um, mm -hmm. And same with alcohol, like the desire just, I notice starts to just seep away and all of a sudden uh, your impulses and your desires are changing. And that's, that's the beautiful thing I think about um, building a relationship with God is, is, is not even just like, oh, I'm looking at porn every now and then, but I'm starting to just not even want to have that desire anymore. So let me ask you a question. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to trick you, but I'm just curious what, like, um, why? Cause I think a lot of Christians, like if you push them on it, they wouldn't know how to answer this. That's just my suspicion. But, um, why do you think, why do you think it is that the more you see God, the, the like at, you know, because this is something I run into all the time. Oh, I'm reading my Bible more. I'm praying more. And for some reason, I'm struggling less. Why do you think that is? Um, well, like, kind of like what you said, I'm starting to understand like what, like my heart is just changing towards it. I'm starting to understand, you know, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Why do you think that is though? Um, like when you say my heart's changing, what do you mean? I mean, just by the basic like repenting right? Like I'm, I'm, I want to repent from that sin and I'm starting to, uh, um, I don't know, like, I just like what you said about like viewing sex in a different way. So, right. 
So here's this. I actually this is something I'm working on because I think it's going to be a book at some point. Um, sure. This is something we've been really digging into, but the funny thing is, I think if you pull the and and I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to you know like make, like put you on a spot. I'm just saying. I, the answer you give, I think, is what a lot of Christians would be. You know, it's like, well, if I, you know, I, he's changed my heart. But like at the end of the day, I think with most Christians, if you push them on that, you just keep going. But how? But what does that mean? But, you know, if they're going to finally come down to some sort of I don't know. I just think, you know, it's like the spiritual, <laughs> yeah. the spiritual equivalent to like pixie dust. Right. It's like, I don't know. God just changed me. Right. Like that's if you push them hard enough. A lot of times that's mm-hmm. you get their back against the wall. It's like, I don't know. God just hit me with a wand and, you know, like. I'm not making fun of you, but I'm just saying, like, I think that's typically what we think, right? In the Christian right. world is like, well, if I seek yeah. God enough, he rewards me with like a spiritual lobotomy and 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 I'm good. <laughs> and um, I think that's honestly what, what you hear. Yeah. And um, right. Well, I the, think, yeah, I'm just, I feel but, like I'm starting to, with my behavior, I don't want to live in a behavior of hurting, hurting God more than I'm not worried about like, my own self i want to live in a way that god wants me to live and um right but let yeah. me add, see, here's the thing so um this is a long story so we're not gonna get into it too deep but just just sure. to give you something to chew on right so we have um as human beings we have a three-part brain right um the lower part the low brain doesn't really matter much because it's it's basically the same brain that a lizard has and we don't really access that too much but you know, lizards are very simple creatures, right? Everything is low brain driven, which means every decision they make is driven by um, basically survival, right? If they're hungry, they go eat. If they're cold, they get warm. If they're hot, they go cold. Uh, if they see a predator, they run. Everything is physical threats. And and when there's a physical threat, there, there are three responses are, are very typical, right? It's uh, fight, flight, right? Or freeze, typical, right? Um, yeah. Mammals, so a dog, right? dogs same thing they they have a midbrain and we do too right we're mammals we have the same midbrain pretty much uh midbrain's very much like the low brain very much the difference is the midbrain factors in emotional threats so now it's like a lizard doesn't care if he's lonely he doesn't care if he's bullied right there is no bullying in the lizard world right Right. but (laughs) dog like mammals care right that's why you see mammals in packs and herds and pods and like healthy mammals typically don't exist solo, right? They need connection uh, Mm -hmm. because connection makes their midbrain feel safe. And if they feel safe, they can just do their thing, right? Like my, my dog can just sit Mm -hmm. on the couch and enjoy the sun. Right. But when they're lonely, um, when they get separated from the pack danger, right? That's survival. Now, now I have to same three choices, fight, flight, or freeze. So again, we're humans, we're mammals, we have the same midbrain. We also have a high brain. Now the high brain is all the stuff you're talking about. It's uh, it's my love of God, it's my priorities, it's my passions, it's my, um, all that stuff, right? The ability to plan, right? Like your dogs don't, mm-hmm. have a, don't have moral agency, right? Like there's no such thing as an immoral dog. They just do what's natural, right? It's instinct, right? Yeah. But humans, we have morality. However, all that's high brain function, all of its high brain function. Porn, mm-hmm. porn use, like, and I'm not saying like a guy's just 
I'm not saying in all cases, I'm saying in the situation we're talking about where it's a guy's going to porn, but he doesn't really want to, right? Like you're, you're, you're yeah. Paul saying, I, I don't understand why I keep doing the things I don't want to do. And I don't, yeah. you know, you're that guy, right? Which, mm-hmm. which describes most of us at times in our life. Right. Um, it's like, I, I don't understand. Like I want, I want to do the best. I want to do what I can for God. I want to live by my values, but I, yet I keep doing this dumb crap. Yeah. How, why is that? Right. And so porn is a midbrain um freeze response at the end of the day that's what it is it's not fight it's not flight it's freeze it's basically detachment it's where our midbrain doesn't know uh you, you know uh, you ever heard of a like why am i blanking here um catatonic you know a catatonic state you know what that is right mm-hmm. so like someone the extreme they when someone experiences extreme trauma they just sit in a room. They don't say anything and they just stare at a wall, right? Catatonic right. state. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the brain shutting down. That's a freeze response. It's like the brain's literally saying, I don't know what to do. And so my only option to survive or my only solution for survival is do nothing. Like just shut down, right? Born is a mm-hmm. freeze response. It's a detachment response. It's basically our midbrain solution for I don't know how to deal with this difficult emotion or this difficult yeah. situation. So I'm going to detach through fantasy. It's a midbrain response. Again, midbrain, not morally relate, not, not morally relevant. Midbrain doesn't care about morals. It cares about survival. Right. So yeah. when we go through trauma, when we go through abuse in our life, when we go through detachment, or like when we have all these things happen, you know, we, um, you, you talk to anybody, especially who deals with pornography. Usually there are, a lot of things that happened either in school or parents or whatever that really mentally messed them up. Right. And yeah. our brain, yeah. especially our midbrain, it learns, it, it learns to experience. So if you've grown up <clears throat> expecting the world to be an unsafe place, in other words, if you've grown up in a situation where you're, you never felt really connected to people, your parents or friends, right. Or you felt like you're, your sense of connection was fragile, right? You felt lonely a lot, those sorts of things, right? Your brain learns over time that it becomes convinced that the world's an unsafe place, right? Because yeah. separation means danger for our midbrain. It's danger. So yeah. we grow up and when we face difficult emotions that trigger that panic alarm, we go, our midbrain takes over because we go right into survival mode and it's like i just gotta i just gotta survive and how do i survive i escape we're not even our midbrain doesn't care about what we believe or what we plan or what we want it just cares about surviving right right (laughs) so think about this way though and this this is like this is what uh i think it's like i said this is gonna be a book but um when you look at god right and it's like read your Bible, pray every day, all this stuff, right? I think the world and even a lot of Christians look at it and go, I don't know, why does God give us all this busy work? Like, was he bored? Is this just right. how we prove we love him? I guess I'll do it, right? Um, but you think about it, like, what do you do in a relationship? You talk, right? You meditate, you, you connect, right? It's connection. If mm-hmm. you read the Bible through the lens of connection, you'll see that the entire Bible, the gospel, everything is a connection story. God created us to be in communion with him. Sin broke that connection, right? Right. Um, yeah. 
God sent Jesus to reconnect, to make it possible that we could reconnect with our creator. When you look at the Psalms and like how many times does, does God talk about being our rock, our fortress, our safety, our place of safety. Safety is woven throughout the Bible, right? Um, in the New Testament, perfect love drives out fear. What drives our midbrain? Fear, right? Who has perfect, mm -hmm. who gives us perfect love? God. Do you think it's any coincidence that when you're trying to connect with God, who is the absolute perfect source of love, which drives out fear, right? Who is our fortress, who is the one that wants to connect with us, who always accepts us no matter what. Do you think it's a coincidence that when we connect with him, we start making better decisions? No, because we're not, we don't feel the danger. We feel safe. Right. So now we're free right, right. to let our high brain start kicking in and going, hey, you know what? That sounds fun, but it doesn't line up with our values. So we're not going to do it, right? High brains, yeah. high brain can now have a say in what we do because we're, we're not, we're not feeling on edge, but when we're, when we're detached or, or, I mean, separated and isolated and disconnected from people around us, man, we don't have that luxury. We just, we just do what we do to survive. Most people don't yeah. realize that. I mean, like, yeah, there's exceptions to the rule, but we want to demonize pornography use or, or, or this or that dude, it's survival. That's really what it is. It's survival. It's, it's a bad choice for survival, yeah. but yeah. It's what our brain has come to realize. Like This is a survival mechanism. This is how I get through life. When I don't know what to do, I can do this, and that'll keep me safe for the next five minutes, for the next 10 minutes, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. also, like, the way that the lie, the lie that pornography gives you is, like, oh, it's easy access to beautiful women, and you kind of, like, you're brainwashing Right. You're, it's almost like you're brainwashing yourself into getting this like connection with, I don't know, uh, with, I mean, beautiful, with beautiful women know, at, at a dime. Right. Sex makes us feel good. Right. I mean, the, the dopamine and the neurochemicals that get released when we have an orgasm, when we look at porn, when we look at naked women. Yeah. You, it creates a very euphoric effect for us. So, um, you know, the reason, the reason, and that, without getting into too much more, but the reason the brain, sees pornography as a great survival mechanism is because of the euphoria it creates when we engage with it right like if you looked at right. a naked woman and you didn't get that dopamine rush and you didn't get that euphoria like we want to look at naked women we go find something else to do right like our brain needs to be stimulated with something right and, and sex is very stimulating so um, right and and pornography serves it up cheap so it's an easy go-to yeah. but porn's not the problem you know, it's, it's just a really bad right. way to deal with our problems, you know, but the problem is we're, we, 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 it's a mental wellness. Like we, we're not connected the way we need to be. Uh, that's why apps and small groups and the things we do, that's why we're so focused on that because we know that, yeah, a course is great and a book's great and counseling is very good. Don't get me wrong. I think you really need counseling is great for anybody, but at the end of the day, yeah. The thing you need more than anything in the world is connection. Connection right. is everything. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think it, you know, it's uh, what are we lacking when uh, we have all of this instant dopamine on hand with, uh, you know, smartphones and media and everything that we consume daily with apps and social media, it's disconnection from actual meaningful uh, relationships um and it's, yeah. a, it's a fantasy you know like you said escaping in fantasy 
and it just gives you that much more of a option to escape. Um, yeah. You know, and for some people, it's not that. Escape, but... yeah, yeah. For some you're people, right. it's, you're it's right. eating. Some people, it's gambling. Uh, it's just yeah. sex is tremendously powerful. It's it's a it's a tremendously powerful. Um, like it's I one said, of the most powerful. Yeah, it's a drug in, in many ways, yeah. you know, and, and, and God yeah. created it that way to be powerful, right? Because it powerfully, right. in theory, should unite you with your spouse. Like he, he created it like that. But like anything else, like something that's good can can be bad uh, when when we abuse it or when we don't take care of it or we don't when we don't um, recognize its place in the world. Right. So. Um, yeah, that's but that's really what we're talking about. So it makes sense that like you're saying, oh, as I see God more, I'm making better decisions and lot, yeah. you know, up here you're going, yeah, yeah, you know, the reason I'm not doing it is because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm repenting more and I'm thinking more about God and, 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 and pleasing him. And I would agree that, yeah, that's, that's the reason you're, you're choosing not to do those things, right? Because you, because you're thinking, right? But the reason you're in that place in the first place where you have the freedom to think and make rational decisions and make moral decisions is because you don't feel like you're in danger because you're connecting yeah, with great. your creator. Yeah. Right. If you weren't connecting with your creator, you, you right. probably wouldn't have, you, you probably wouldn't have those thoughts. I don't know about you, no. but I know. I mean, I know I definitely sleep. never did before. <laughs> well, I mean, think about, I, I'm sure with alcohol, I, I've never been an alcoholic. So I, I can't speak from experience. I can only speak from experience with porn and sex, but I mean, how many times have you acted out in one way or the other and like had like almost like an out-of-body experience where it's like you're almost like watching yourself going, what the hell are you doing, dude? Yeah. But you can't stop, mm -hmm. right? But That's yeah, like, and it's also, it was also lot, tied to yeah. being very lonely too, like you were saying. Like it was just yeah, like, it's, bro, it's all connected. I, I became to the point where I didn't even want to drink around people. Like it was like, why would I do mm -hmm. that? Like <laughs> I don't even need to do it socially anymore where yeah. I could just, you know, I'm yeah. lonely or I'm very sad. Like I'll just do it by myself. Yeah, that's well, that's and that's the killer, right? Is that this stuff mm -hmm. creates drives drives us into more isolation because we feel the shame that it brings on, and isolation mm -hmm. is the exact opposite thing that we need. That's the problem, right? So it's like mm -hmm. we make the problem worse. We isolate. We pull away from people, we pull away from relationships, and we become even more disconnected. Which means, yeah, we need those things even more right it's a uh, it's crazy uh, yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's wow, a human stuff. condition i guess yeah 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 um, i i just you know i think unfortunately again and not bashing the christian world because i keep saying it but we don't <laughs> we don't we don't look at the big picture enough you know and we look at this we uh we i don't want to say we over spiritualize but we talk about the spiritual quote unquote spiritual stuff so much that, and we ignore the other stuff. And so it, 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 it's confusing, right? Cause again, like I said, if you're a Christian guy who and you're, you're thinking to yourself, I know, I know myself when I struggle with this hardcore, I used to think to myself, I actually went to a pastor one time and I said, I didn't tell him what I was dealing with, but I just said, yeah, I keep doing dumb stuff. Like, am I a Christian? Like I literally didn't know. Yeah, I was right. like, I can't be a Christian because the Bible says I'm a new creature and I'm doing the same dumb shit, right? Like, mm -hmm. I can't be. You know, no, you you totally can be. Like, you can totally love God. You can totally want to serve Him. You can totally want to be done with the dumb stuff you do and still do it. 
Now it's not good. Yeah, I'm not yeah. excusing it, but, but there's a neurological reason that's happening. And until you take care of that problem, you know, which is getting connected, um, learning how to attune with your emotions and things like that, learning how to connect with your value system, you're going to keep struggling. Simple as that. Right. That makes sense. And so and that gives Carl, a lot more explanation. Oh, man. It. It oh, there it went again. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Well, uh, at least we know like it's pretty easy for me to turn it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'll never do that again. I'll <laughs> so, make sure uh, I turn on the I got I got about five more minutes, but yeah, you're fine. Okay. Yeah, I want to be uh conscious of your time. Um but you all so so you you do pastor at a church out there in New Jersey? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Just uh yeah, me, me and a, a friend of mine who's a therapist, uh who's like really active in the ministry. Um he's actually He's actually going to be in next month's recharge, which, you know, are those monthly teachings we do in the app, uh, mm -hmm. Steve Luff. But we were talking the other day and he said, I said something about being a pastor. And I said, yeah, but I'm not, I mean, I don't, I don't pastor the church. He's like, you don't? I said, well, no. <laughs> he said, he said, but he said, but wait a minute. Like, what do you think you do? Like you have a, you have a community of over a thousand men, yeah. you know, who communicate oh, yeah. daily. Um, like what's more church than that, you know, like, cause look, that's what church is, right? It's community. Yeah. Like what, what's more church than that? I mean, honestly, right. and I was like, yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, honestly, what we do in that app is probably more church than what some of these guys do every Sunday. You're right. Oh, definitely. Especially with the connection piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, and yeah, that goes back to the same thing with God. It's like, why do you think, why do you think he was so insistent upon us gathering together? Mm -hmm. Again, is he just giving us busy work? Does he just want like a bunch of Christians to hang out and, you know, uh, sing Kumbaya or, or do you think, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. You think <laughs> no, he's like right. a little, give him a little, give him credit for being a little smarter than that. Right. Like he yeah. knew, right. Yeah. He, he knew what we, he knows what we need to be healthy and, if, and, and to feel safe. Um, and to operate the way we're meant to operate. He knows what we need. He knows we need connection. Yeah. So he tells us, hey, guys, stay connected. And, yeah. and you know, we're the dummies that say, nah, I think we'll, we'll pass, you know? And then we wonder why we wonder why life goes sideways because we're not connected. Especially during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you think, look at all the craziness that happened during COVID, uh, oh, yeah. after COVID, and still is happening. Why do you think that's yeah. out there? Open Lack the of door. connection. Lack of connection, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's really bad. It's not good for us. Uh, yeah. Well, Carl, beautiful. Um, that gives me a lot to think about, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I'm glad. I, got, I thought <laughs> I wanted to give you. That's why we to wanted to have about, you on. We wanted to, you want to get your like get our brain going and tap into some of that stuff. Um, that was some good stuff. Yeah. So, how do we? I guess uh, before we let you go, how do we? How do people get on the community? Where do we, where do yes. you, where do we find uh, that? We have a bunch of websites, but honestly, links to everything. So links to the Live Free community, links to our small groups program, uh, links to the book, link, links to all that stuff. You just go to XXXChurch.com and it's all right there on the homepage. You don't have to go searching cool. for it. It's like all right there, right down the page. Awesome. And I'll put some, nice. I'll put the links in there. <laughs> Yeah, the that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Just go there and you'll find everything you need. You know, any cool. anything you want to look up right on the homepage there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amazing. Nice. Well, that was awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Luke. We gotta get you in the in the community app as well. Um, oh yeah, I have to. I have to check it out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just send me um, your email, Luke. Stuff. I'll I'll send you. I'll send okay. you the same invite. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Hey, uh, thanks for helping me on. Um, I'll still. I gotta get you. Uh, I gotta get you information for social, right? For oh yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll, con- I'll connect you with our social person, uh, you know, so you can, uh, you know, like I said, promote or whatever you want to do for us. I appreciate that. And um, thanks yeah. again for you guys oh, yeah. reaching out to reaching out to us in the first place. But um, yeah, love, love, love being on with you and, uh, you know, just enjoy it. Chatting. chatting. Yeah, thanks now so I'm much. Gonna... Yeah. So... <laughs> do you have, how many kids do you have? Two. Oh, too. okay. Yeah. So my daughter comes back yeah. from senior trip tonight. I'm excited. Um, cause it's been a week without her and I'm like Amazing. not looking forward to the fall cause she goes to college and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this was just a week. Right. Um, yeah. It was just a week. My, yeah. My son's 15. Um, he's at a fun age, you know, going to gym all the time and, uh, he's a good kid. So yeah. Same. So I got two kids, <laughs> nice. one dog, yeah, yeah. that's it, you know, and that's, that's all we need. So we're good. Beautiful. Well, Carl, thanks. Nice. Appreciate it. Nice. Go spend time with your daughter. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, she so. doesn't get it until one. So oh, it's wow. going to be okay. uh, for the that next couple tomorrow. hours. It's just going to be like staying up um, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, probably watching yeah. more of my bracket fall apart, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's something to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, check off another one. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, awesome. Good meeting well, you guys, though. Well, yeah, good, yeah, good, good meeting you. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much for touch. being on. Yeah, we'll we'll stay in touch. We'll team well, up. We definitely will. We love All everybody. Right, cool. Thank you guys for listening. Carl Thomas with Live Free. Till next week. We'll see you guys. Later. Right on. Later, guys.